what does success mean to you? Because it's not a one size fits all approach. My success varies and it changes based on my life and based on what I'm working with and what I'm working towards. Hi everybody, it's Marcy Bullock welcoming you back to Wolfpack Career Chats, where we normalize the struggle of being a student and leaving your student identity behind you after graduation and building a life you love. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats. Dr. Jackson on deck today. Hello, welcome. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. We're so happy to have you. And today we're going to kick things off with the whole butterfly coming out of the cocoon. It is a hard process. And I recently learned that if someone tries to help the butterfly by like moving the cocoon a bit so it can get out faster without a struggle, it has a lower probability of surviving. So the struggle is real. Dr. Jackson, tell us a little bit about who you were who you are and who you will be in the whole analogy of the caterpillar. Yeah, I, and, and thinking about the caterpillar, I feel like that is the, the, the struggle is, is a natural way of building resilience and toughness. Even with baby chicks, they have to, they need to break out of that shell on their own in order to build their strength, in order to face what's ahead. And Life is challenging, but it's also very rewarding. And and thinking about that, I definitely see myself as that caterpillar that has that has and 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 really I'm still emerging from that chrysalis to to letting my wings dry and and, and flying and soaring. So in the spirit of that, I was a first generation rural raised Western North Carolinian. I was born and raised in Asheville, North Carolina. My my mother was one of the strongest representations of resilience that I I've ever seen. She raised myself and three siblings. Um, I also have a twin. Uh, myself and three siblings in a single parent house. My mother really fought for us to achieve educational success. She did not make it through high school. And her biggest dream was for her children to graduate high school. And she really held education to be a true opportunity and key to future success and future triumphs. She recognized that the world is hard. And much like that caterpillar going into that cocoon, when you emerge, life doesn't get any easier, but you start to see things brighter. You start to truly manifest the being that you want to be. So I was that person. I am still a representation of that. I still come from humble beginnings. I still have my struggles. But now I am a father. I am a professional. I am a friend and a colleague. I am ever hopeful to be the best version of myself and to allow the colors of my aura and my success to truly be an inspiration to others. And thinking for the future, I will be better than I was yesterday. I will be more resilient. I will be the version of me that is ever upgradable, that is ever hungry to learn and to truly manifest what all of this hard work has been put into. I, I, I see myself as a lump of clay and that I can always be reworked. I can always be returned to, to be restored and refreshed, to be re-energized and reinvigorated 
and reworked into something beautiful. And I'm excited. I'm excited for what the future holds. Our career isn't the end. It's just one stop on that train that takes us towards the future. So I, I love that even in my current status, I don't know what I want to be just yet, but I will try a variety of things until I figure that out. But I love it. it it's a never stop learning, never stop growing, never stop experimenting type of, uh, of lifestyle. Wow. I have had, I think, 200 and some episodes, and that might be my favorite introduction that I have heard so far. Thank you for that eloquent oh, description you. of your journey and also just the vulnerability of being uncertain and saying you're open to possibilities and how lucky we are at NC State University that one stop on your path is this assistant vice provost for faculty engagement. But it didn't come easy for you. What were some of the challenges you had along the way and did you face rejection? Oh, absolutely. It was never easy, but I, I really gravitate and appreciate the difficulty of the experiences because it made me appreciate those sweet and wonderful successes even more. I am a first-generation college student. I, I attended Appalachian State University and I did not know anything about college. I didn't know if I was going to be successful but I just knew that if all else failed, I was going back home and I was going to get a job at the local grocery distribution warehouse where I'd been working. In going to college, I didn't know how to properly study. I didn't know what it meant to be academically focused. And in my first semester, I failed miserably. My first semester, I had a 0.98 GPA. And folks are, will say, are you embarrassed of that? Yeah, I was embarrassed then, but also I didn't know what the future held. I didn't know that I was cut out for college. But the next semester, I started surrounding myself with people who were really focused on being the success that they knew they could be. And in a spirit of emulating things that I admire in other people, I started acting as they did. I started to study and really focus on the content and learning, but also operationalizing what I was learning and what I was doing in my extracurriculars. And the next semester, I was able to hit a 3.5 GPA for the semester. And that really jump-started a, a, a spark, a catalyst to showcase that, okay, you can do this. You, you can actually be here and see the success. You can actually you know, uh, uh, break the mold and be a better version of yourself. And, and making it through college, I still didn't know what I wanted to be. I graduated with a bachelor's in business administration with a focus in healthcare management. I said, okay, I can work at a hospital. I can, you know, who doesn't love hospitals? Free Band-Aids. There's always really good food and really great ice. So after interning at a hospital for uh, a summer and some change, I decided to go ahead and apply for my master's degree. I did so thinking that if the hospital didn't work out, I always had a fail safe to just go back to, to graduate school. And while I loved working at the hospital, I still had a passion for counseling, for working with students, because I felt that I could have probably achieved a different path or done different things if I were advised, if I had advisors who understood where I came from. So I got my master's in college student development uh, with a focus in higher education and, and supporting students. From there, I applied, oh, I remember this. Oh, Marcy, I remember applying for about 45 different jobs after my master's degree. And 
I got a number of interviews, but I settled on an opportunity to, to work at Duke, Duke University in student affairs. And in that role, I served as a hall director, a, an academic advisor. I did a variety of things in dining services, student programs, student leadership, Greek life and engagement. And after I pursued my PhD, the interesting thing is I wanted to go to NC State University. I was just right up the road and I told, my, I told myself that I met a lot of great minds that came from NC State. I met a lot of great people who, who had a passion for NC State and being born and raised in the state of North Carolina, I'm Carolina proud. So I wanted to stay home. And while I applied at a bunch of different universities, I got into nearly everywhere that I applied except for NC State. And it was interesting. I, I was heartbroken. And this was a, a major failure that I saw in my life at that time, because I thought to myself, if I'm not good enough to get into a, a university that I have good relationships with the individuals who've been there, that's down the street, that's for North Carolinians, that is a land grant, am I really going to be successful in this field? So I continued to push and I took my talents to LSU in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where I was Granted, I earned the Board of Regents Fellowship. I got an all expenses paid doctoral fellowship. And in that time, I studied abroad in Chile and Peru for two summers. I served as the president of the Graduate Student Association. I then took an opportunity to go abroad. And I served as an assistant professor, department head, and head basketball coach. And I saw continued success, but I also met with, I was also met with failure. I wanted to change a system. I wanted to bring about some level of influence and inspiration. And, you know, there were cultural differences and challenges that I was faced with where I didn't feel like I succeeded, but yet I had to recognize and reimagine my definition of success. So to the listeners, I would always ask, what does success mean to you? because it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. My success varies and it changes based on my life and based on what I'm working with and what I'm working towards. So in that situation, my success was to increase our graduation rates, to have greater impact. And while I achieved that with a lot of individuals, I felt like I could do more. But I had to sit back and recognize that even making it to that point in my life has been a success. I had to recognize the gifts that I earned from the hard work, the determination, but I also had to recognize the gifts that I learned from the failure that I experienced. I recognize there have been many, many pitfalls and potholes along the way, but I recognize that one of the first lessons I got, I received when I was, when I graduated with my master's and took my first postmaster's role was a training. It was a summer training and I was told that it's casual attire. Marcy, it's casual. Here I am, 20-something years old. Like, okay. I got to the training, and I was wearing jeans with rips in them and just a T-shirt. I was like, it's casual. I'm casual. And an individual who would then become my mentor later, later down the, uh, the year pulled me aside and said, what are you doing? What are you wearing? Why would you come in here wearing this? And I said, well, it's casual. He said, it's casual, but you still want to present a professional face. You don't know these individuals. They don't know you. They don't know what's going to come out of your mouth. So they're going to prejudge you. 
So you always have to be above board. You always have to be better and never assume that your, your reputation precedes you because you still are a young professional. And it was from that day that I started really thinking that I need to do better, be better, be the best version of myself that I can be. And then later in life, after leaving my faculty position and transitioning back from the Middle East to the States, I had one of the most challenging parts of my life at this point. Here I am, I've got a, a terminal degree, I've got a master's, I've got a bachelor's and all these years of experience. So I figured that I would be a shoe in for any job I applied to. And in the process, I applied to 78 different positions all over the United States. Faculty positions, administrative positions, positions in private industry and in public education, public service. And out of 78 uh, applications, 78 cover letters, 75 different times adjusting my, my resume and my CV, I had three interviews for positions. Dang. Right, at three interviews, and I felt like an absolute failure. I felt that I was doing something wrong. Did I make the wrong decisions in terms of my education, in terms of places where I was applying? Do I not have the skill sets necessary to be successful in any industry because no one is picking me up? I, I hit a, a dark period where I fell into a bit of a depression because I did not see the success that I hoped and expected to, to manifest. And it took a couple of interviews, one back in the state of Louisiana, to really showcase that while there were 78 different places that I applied, you know, 75 said no thanks. But it only takes one to say yes. It only takes one to get an opportunity to move on and move forward and to see your value. And that one opportunity came when I applied and interviewed for the Director of Graduate Student Success position in the College of Education at NC State University. So this is, Marcy, this is our full circle moment here mm -hmm. where this wonderful institution and program in which I applied to, to earn my, my doctorate that said, you know, no thanks. I challenged myself to do better, be better, and to impress myself enough to know that I could get back in here. And I, I made it back. I interviewed and I applied and I had some really great conversations. I, 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 I earned the position. And in my first couple of months in the role, I got to meet faculty from the program that I once applied to. And I, I let them know, I said, hey, I remember applying here back in uh, 2000 something. And they're like, did you? Yeah, I did. And you all said no, but it's no hard feelings. I understand the admissions piece. I understand all that goes into these things. But the beautiful thing is that they, they embraced me as a colleague. They embraced me as someone who had something to teach and something to give, something to, to a desire to learn and a desire to support their success. And as a result, here, here I am now, also in my current role, I teach as an affiliated faculty in the program. And I say this to say that throughout my nearly two decades in professionalism, I made sure to take every failure and determine what do I learn from this failure? Where can I do better? Where can I be better? And I was very conscious to ask for feedback 
what was it about my CV or my resume that didn't check the boxes? Where can I do better with my interview? And I even asked this with my current positions that I've earned and gained. What can I do to be better? Because as individuals, we're constantly, or we should constantly be working on doing better and being better. Continuous improvement. Uh, I'm, I love technology. And I see myself and I see my colleagues, junior, senior, as we're all iPhones. And every generation is the newest version of those iPhones. Every graduate is that newest iPhone. And while the hardware may stay the same, you can always update the software. You can always learn new things. You can always build your skill set. You can always learn new tips and tricks. You can always do things in a more efficient and effective manner. And while your hardware, your body, your being may stay the same, you can still change your mentality to always do better and to fix the, the bugs and the pitholes and uh, the potholes and pitfalls. You can always continuously improve. So that's where I am today. And that's where I will continue to be. It's continuous improvement. How can I always do better, be better? How can I be a better colleague, a better friend, a better father, a better mentor, a better educator? How can I be a better trustworthy individual or a better administrator? It's always, it's always about continuous improvement because as the old PSAs would say, never stop learning. You should never stop improving. Never stop striving to be the best version of yourself. Yay. Oh my goodness. And I'm thinking to myself that in listening to that story, there's so much you overcame. And even that dark depression that you mentioned to me when I was listening, I saw it as just a kink in the hose and, you know, that the joy was going to be flowing again and how lucky we are that 70 something folks did not see your potential. And we did because, I mean, I've been rejected. I don't know anyone that hasn't because I feel like if you haven't, you're not getting out of your comfort zone. And I remember one time I wanted something so bad and I wrote myself a letter if I didn't get it that I would read later. And I said, something else is around the corner for you, which it was mm -hmm. as well for you. So earlier you mentioned that you have all these identities. You mentioned first generation, rural, father, professional. Are there any other identities that are important to you and how have they impacted you in the workforce? Absolutely. I, I also identify as Black. I am a, a Black male American and having worked in an international market, international markets and international places, it further helped me to and forced me to, to truly understand my identity and how my identity may show up in different places, how I'm received and how I'm perceived. Uh, and these identities are salient for me because when I walk into a room, I don't necessarily walk in thinking that everyone is focused on my, the, the color of my skin, but I also come in there recognizing that there is value to my narrative, there's value to my approach and there's value to what I can bring to this, uh, to the organization. Not just because I'm black, but I bring a diverse viewpoint by the intersectionality of my identities, being a black male, cisgendered uh, North Carolinian, being a first generation student. Uh, these are all the intersectional identities that we hold true and they help us to see the world with a different viewpoint. I love to say that our various identities are different um, wavelengths of light. They're different colors of light. And 
if you love color and color theory and all of that stuff, as you overlap different wavelengths of light, it helps you to see different pieces and different hues and different beauties and stuff. So I, I tell my colleagues, you see the world with a hue that is representative of you. You see it where you highlight certain beauties because they're cognizant and they're salient for your identities. I see that same world from my human mind view. While we may not see the same thing, we may be looking at the same picture, but see different things, but yet it doesn't diminish the beauty that we both see. And, and I love it. I, I, I love my identity. I love being who I am because I'm proud of it. And it's taken me years to develop the sense of pride, develop the sense of value that I have. Some time ago, I, much like a lot of us who dibble and dabble in social media, I saw this really beautiful quote that referenced a water bottle. And it essentially stated that a water bottle in the grocery store, a simple bottle, 16 or 20 ounce bottle of water, may be $1 in the grocery store. That same bottle may be $4 at a movie theater. And when you go to the airport, that same bottle is $8. So you have the same water bottle with the same water, same chemical makeup at varying prices and varying values based on where you are. So I always tell folks, be that water bottle and recognize where your value is better, best suited. Recognize where you're valued and where you're appreciated. And in work, it is a constant battle of trial and error. Where am I going to be valued? Where am I going to be situated to, to contribute the most to an organization, but also receive the greatest investment? And that's part of that trial and error. That's a part of that uh, failure and success, where throughout your time, you will understand that you don't thrive in certain situations. And it's not because you are deficient or defunct. It's because your values aren't matching up and that you don't see maximum value and you don't feel that you are providing maximum value. So it's working to help those things to match up. Thank you for that description. I like it. In the airport next time, I'm going to be like, I'm the $8 bottle. I got this. <laughs> Some of that encouragement. Last question is, if you were talking to someone today that may be on this listening in, and they're in the midst of that struggle and maybe feeling like a failure because that resiliency is feeling really low, what would you tell them? I would tell them to step back and to take stock and to measure out all of their accomplishments thus far. Um, I tell my colleagues all the time, celebrate the tiny victories. And we don't do that enough. You don't see how far that you've come. You don't see how far you've come and all the obstacles that you've overcome because hindsight is twenty twenty. yes, but when you are running at fast, full pace forward, you get tunnel vision and you don't see all of the areas that you've overcome, all of the things that you've stepped beyond and circumvented. Uh, see the victories as, as little as graduating kindergarten, making it through elementary school, getting through EO, end of grade tests in third grade and fifth grade, making it through high school, successfully matriculating through college. When we think about the percentage of individuals who have college degrees, it's still low in comparison to our population. And I think that sometimes we forget that while NC State has nearly 40,000 students, not, if every one of them graduated with a grad with a with a, uh, a graduate degree or a, a undergraduate degree, it still represents such a small population 
of the U.S. as a whole. So recognize your successes. You made it through those difficult classes. You made it through difficult semesters. You made it through internships. You made it through these other areas. So focus on the successes that you've had and let those be motivation to carry you to carry you to the future success. Be solution focused because we can focus on the negative or the deficit indefinitely and it gets us nowhere. But focus on the future, recognize that progress, all progress is still progress. Even taking a step backward pushes you and gives you momentum. So I would tell that individual just really focus and recognize that you have succeeded so much and this isn't the end. Keep pushing forward, but also rally around your community. Have a, have a robust network of support. Have friends who are there to celebrate with you when you succeed and get that first round interview. Have friends who are there to, um, to talk to you if you don't make it past the first round. Let's talk through some of the questions that they asked and how you felt about those questions. Do you feel like you could have answered this a different way? How, ask them, you know, how was this sound? How does it sound in terms of this response? Use your community to support you, but also support them. Remember, there's reciprocity and there's also success in building that community.